You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. This podcast series was designed to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters. We cover a variety of topics that will help you become more confident and comfortable in the field while hunting deer. In this episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast, I talk with Dwayne Jones of Shed Season about improving as a shed hunter. Dwayne is almost as passionate about finding shed antlers as he is about hunting the deer that carried them. When looking for sheds, timing, location, and planning are key to level up your shed hunting game. In this episode, we discuss how to strike when the time is right to find the sheds, the best places to look, some must-have gear for shed hunting, and how to plan your shed hunt to put the odds in your favor when searching for sheds this winter and spring. If you want to become a better shed hunter, then this episode is for you. All right, joining me today for the How to Hunt Deer podcast is Dwayne Jones from Shed Season. Dwayne, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well, man. How is, uh, how's your shed season going so far? Well, the, the few trips that I've made have been good. It, it's been slow overall. Um, it, it seems in Indiana anyways, the deer are a little bit behind normal. I would say we had a really, really mild winter or, or at least a really mild December and January. So where by now we would really be logging the miles, uh, I would say still well over half the bucks are still holding. So right now just playing the being patient game and not trying to rush out there and bump bucks off of our farms, but been a couple of times and I've, I've scooped up a handful of sheds. So it's been good. Well, you're way ahead of me. I've been out. Uh, I only got to get out one time so far and I have walked for about an hour and I found nothing. So yeah, you'll have those. <laughs> you're way ahead of me. I've, I've even had a hard time finding tracks. I mean, where I, I went, I went to a new place and I was like, man, this is going to be, this is going to be great. Lots of woody brows in the area. So I thought, man, I bet the deer are holding tight here in this little spot. Yeah. And, and there was hardly a deer track in the snow. I don't know what's going on with that place. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we cheat a little bit here. So after season goes out, um, once, once whitetail season is over, we almost immediately start supplemental feeding here just to help get the, you know, get the bucks through the winter and recover from the rut. But also a huge perk is we tend to find a lot of sheds in our big time piles. So it go. definitely doesn't hurt, hurt things at all. Man, that's hard to beat. If you can, if you can do that, I would be, I would be all about it. That's right. Helps a lot. 
So for folks that maybe aren't familiar with shed season, I mean, it's pretty new. Why don't you tell me about shed season before we jump into talking about shed antler hunting? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So yeah, shed season is very new. Um, this is year one for us, but shed season is going to be a community uh, more than anything. So we have shed season on all the social media platforms and really it's just that it's community for people that like shed hunt, like antlers to all come together. Um, we're going to be putting out informative stuff where you can maybe learn some things. Um, we're going to be partnering with a bunch of brands to do giveaways. We, every Monday we put out shed stories. So from different folks in the outdoor industry, whether it's the guys from Heartland bow hunter or, or whatever, um, telling us stories about their favorite shed or a unique shed find or, you know, things like that. Um, there's lots going on, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're about is just putting out really cool content. You know, I, I know for me in the years past, I was always looking for shed hunting content, whether it was to try and learn something new or just because I love it. Like this, this time of year, I live for just the same as I would whitetail season to get out and scoop up sheds. So we're trying to fill that gap. And, uh, so far it's been awesome. Yeah. I was talking with a, a mutual friend of ours the other day, TJ Eads. And uh, we were talking just about this topic about uh, shed antler hunting. And and uh, one of the things I, I shared with him was that I still remember the sheds that I've found. I can pick one up and I can tell you when I found it. I can tell you what I was doing that day. I can tell you what it was, you know, what the weather was like, sort of all about that moment. Just like I can tell yeah. you about hunts from this past season when I saw a really big buck. So yeah, I get that whole being just as passionate about, uh, shed antler hunting as you are about, you know, heading into the hunting season. So why don't we start with, with this kind of base level question of, of what are shed antlers and why do you think they captivate us like they do? So for me, that's a great question. Um, obviously shed antlers are every year when bucks testosterone levels drop, um, it's going to break that seal, I guess, where antlers meet the stall plate and they lose them every year, uh, to regrow them, hopefully bigger. But for me, you, you know, you, just you talking about that, there's something magical about finding a shed, you know, as, as far as like where it lays. Um, I think everything around that tells a story and, and two, like, you know, for our farms here in Indiana, there's something really, really neat about finding a shed, knowing that buck survived the season against all odds you know, all the predators and all the hunters, somehow he made it through and you get to hold his antler and then compare that next year when he shows back up on camera and see how he grew. And, uh, there's just something really, really, really cool about it. And obviously lots, lots of people are just as passionate about it as we are. Yeah, for sure. And so you mentioned that, uh, a lot of the deer on your, um, on your main farm are still holding their sheds or holding, holding their sheds, right. <laughs> holding their antlers yeah, yeah. Uh, right now. We're already, yeah. we're, we're calling them before they hit the ground. Um, they're still holding their antlers right now. Uh, can you tell me a, a bit about what are some of the factors that you've seen uh, impact uh, when antlers start to hit the ground and, and maybe uh, help fill us in about when we should get out and start looking for antlers. Cause I think uh, one big mistake that you could make is to go too early uh, and you, you get discouraged. You run the deer off your property and you don't find any sheds. Or in my case, you go too late and you go tromping around the local public piece where you wanted to try to find some sheds. And uh, John Doe with his uh, lab has scooped up everything in the area, you know. So yeah. tell me a bit about that timing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yep. On my home farm right now, I would say definitely over half the bucks are still holding. And that can be contributed to a few, a few things. Like I said, we had a really mild winter early on. 
Um, so I think that just overall, there's low stress. There's also there, we do, we're fortunate enough to be food plots there. So we had an acre and a half of beans standing. Um, we had, you know, an acre or more of brassicas and clover and all the smorgasbord of food. So normally as they're coming out of the rut and they're super stressed, they have everything right there to be able to, to get the nutrients and start to recover from that. And, you know, even, even if the winter were hard, they have what they need to, to stay healthy and happy there. So, um, that's a big part of it. Uh, so part of it for me is we, we continue to run trail cameras this time of year. I know a lot of times guys will pull the cameras out of the woods after whitetail season is over, but for us being so passionate about shed, shed antler hunting and, and shed season, we keep those antlers running. Uh, we supplemental feed on the farms that we can, and they're going to tell you when bucks start to drop for sure. I mean, you're going to see it. And, uh, so I, I typically try to wait until at least half are shut out. There are times where we'll go in before that. Like if your number one target buck sheds out and you know it for sure, um, obviously we're, we're probably going to go in there and get those. Actually, I know TJ, I, I'm not sure on the, when you had him on the show, if he had found them yet or not, but his number one buck from this past season, he had actually shot and, and didn't recover him. The buck lived, came through it, but he shed out early, he shed out in January and TJ was able to slip in there and find them um, within days of him shedding out. So that's another thing, another reason why we're running cameras, keep the squirrels and mice from chewing them up when they shed out. We try to get in there and find, find them as quick as we can. Did he find the other side? <laughs> he, he has only found the one side. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, so, last time we talked, he, he said that other one's out there all alone. And, uh, oh yeah, that's right. I do remember. And, and you, you, you brought up the getting chewed thing and he didn't sleep for a couple of nights. Yeah. I wasn't trying to speak any bad juju over, over that experience. I just, uh, man, that's what I'd be worried about. Absolutely. That makes two of us. So, but, uh, no, so back to the timing thing. Um, just trying to make to wait until most bucks are shut out because this time of year, if they've been in there for, for a month and a half comfortably, and haven't been bumped or anything, and you go into the shed hunt and half the bucks aren't shut out, you're going to bump them off the farm. And you never know when they get to jump that fence, you know, they're going to shed out on the, on the neighbors or could. So rather than risking it, you're better off just to be patient. And if you're not running cameras, um, take some laps around in the evening. If you know where the, the food source is in the area, go and drive by it right at last light. Those bucks are probably going to be out, and you're going to know whether or not they've shed or not. So that's what I would do. So let's talk a little bit about uh, getting ready to go out. Um, maybe you've been monitoring either by trail camera or you've been taking drives in the evening and you realize, okay, I think 60% of the bucks in my area have shed or it's, it's time to get out there. How do you begin yep. to plan for your shed hunt? I imagine there are probably two ways of doing it, right? Like I can probably just run out there and just do whatever and look around and uh, see what I see. Uh, or I can take it a little bit more seriously. I can put some thought into it. I can put some planning into it. I can bring, uh, the appropriate tools that I need to help me be more successful while I'm out, uh, looking for sheds. So tell me a bit about how to, how to sort of plan maybe a shed hunting mission, some of the tools that you're bringing along the way. Okay. Yeah. So number one would be, like you said before, knowing where the food sources are at, wherever the food is, that's where the deer are going to be. Um, but once you know that, you, you know, bucks that have started to drop, are you ready to go in there? Um, I, I always, so I, I never want to always bring binoculars. Um, there's a, a number of times as you're walking, your every little thing is going to look like an antler. And rather than having to run to each thing, yep. it's, it's ideal to be able to pick up your binocs and look and you, you can tell immediately. So it saves a lot of walking and running back and forth for one. Um, 
Number two, I, I try to think about if I can keeping the sun or, or walking into a, a farm from the south uh, because the sun, you know, shining down from the south. If you if you're walking into the sun, it's way harder to see antlers than it is if you have the sun at your back. Mm. Um, another thing is too, like if you've got some flexibility and you can go on an overcast day, that, that always helps as well. And in fact, my absolute favorite conditions to shed hunt in, or if we have a light rain and it's overcast because the little bit of sheen from the moisture and then the, the clouds, they just seem to really, really pop out. So they're easy to see a lot, a lot harder to miss. But so coming from the South, uh, taking binoculars and then to, you know, we, we typically have a pack and we'll bring some water and snacks and stuff like that just because the longer you can stay out there and stay comfortable and stay focused, the better odds you're going to find antlers. I mean, it's, it's no different than time in the, in the tree stand. Uh, if you're comfortable and happy, you're going to stay longer and you just by, you know, odds you're going to have better chances just cause you're out there. So I would say those things. And then, uh, one of my favorite places to look at, it could be different everywhere, but here, if we do know the food source, we know where they're feeding. <clears throat> I always like to walk the perimeter of the field. Uh, whitetails are creatures of edge. Uh, they obviously like edge and diversity. So I would say of all the sheds, you know, the baskets full of sheds I have here, at least half of them came from the edge of a field or the edge of a fence row or something like that. So that's where I always tend to start. And then from there, we'll filter everything a little, a little more thoroughly. All right. So are you, how, how far into the timber are you getting then? So are you, are you going to work it all the way back to the bedding or are you going to, um, you know, just stick pretty close to the, to the feeding areas? What are you doing? Nope. Uh, we're definitely going to work in the bedding. Um, and this is one of those times of the year where like we have on my home farm, we have sanctuaries where we try not to ever go in except for like this time of year, we'll go in there and shed season. And actually, in fact, I had told you before this, that my wife and I yesterday uh, were able to scoop up a couple of little ones and that's, they were actually in beds in the bedding area. So once we walk the edges and cover the food source, well, that's where I'm headed is I'm going to check those transition areas between feeding and bedding, the trails they're using. And we're going to, we're going to check those and then definitely check the beds. Okay. So what, how would you say, or how would you say the breakdown works as far as percentage of um sheds that you find like if i'm just if i'm just thinking about it i'm i'm gonna guess that you know 40 percent of sheds come from uh food sources 40 percent come from beds and maybe 20 or less percent come from maybe those areas in between like it just seems like they spend so much time in a bed or in a food source not a ton of time in between like how would you how would you say the breakdown works yeah, I would say you're pretty close, honestly. Okay. For us here, like, and the areas where we have plots are really, really good winter feed sources, standing grains or whatever. We're finding 50% probably of our sheds there in the food sources. And then, you know, 30, 30 or so in the beds and then everything else in between. But it's okay. definitely feed, the food source and the bedding areas are the two number one places. And then the transition areas are going to be here and there. In fact, I was just telling TJ the other day, that like one of the, the hottest places you'll hear people say to check fence crossings, you know, where they cross a fence or a Creek or whatever. And I know people find them there, but in my 15 years of shed hunting, I've actually never found a shed at a, at a fence crossing. Never. You for know, whatever reason. I, I want to jump into that just a little bit. What, what was TJ's response? Yeah. He said the same. He okay. never has either. All right. So I have heard this all over the place. I like you have read hunting articles, listen to podcasts, watch videos about shed hunting. 
Yep. But I have consistently heard as people say, look at the fence crossings, look at the uh, creek crossings, look at the places where their heads got jostled a little bit. But then I hear people follow up with something like what you just said, where they're like, but I've never really found any there. So right. <laughs> this seems to be a consistent thing across the board. Everyone agrees. These are great places to look, but everyone also agrees. I never actually find any there. These are great places to look. I've never found one there, but it's a great place. Yeah, to look. it's such a <laughs> it's such a common have, such a common thing. But anyway, that that's pretty I need wild. to post a poll on on shed season and ask like how many people have found sheds at a fence or a creek crossing and just see. I, it'd be cool to know. Yeah, please do. I want to I want to see the results yeah, from that. I want to see the results from that. Yeah. I would think maybe there are quite a few, maybe on the outskirts of bedding areas and stuff, like right as the bucks are getting into thicker cover, right as they're leaving that thicker cover. I, I think you'd probably find a lot there with stuff knocking them off maybe, but, but sure. yeah, I don't know. Those, that whole creek crossing, fence crossing thing, I just, I don't know. It seems like not a lot of folks are actually having, having success there. Um, That's been my experience. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, when you're when you're searching these areas, are you using like a mapping software to make sure that you're gridding the area well? Yeah. And actually we, we use HuntWise. Okay. So we do, well, you, you can set it, set it up to track yourself. And it's funny how many times we'll go into, especially a big area or a big farm and you go in there and you walk for a few hours and you feel like I've, I've covered this completely. And you go back and look at the tracking and how many big, big holes there actually are. And you know, there's so many times and to be honest with you, the, I found a little shed yesterday that I truly 100% kicked it before I found it. But that just shows you like that. That's sometimes you can be right on top of them and miss them for whatever reason. So yeah, we definitely do use that, especially on big farms, just to make sure that we're, we're covering everything. Yeah. I've heard people also say they'll search it one direction and then kind of come back through, yeah. maybe even taking the same route just from a different direction to get a, a little bit different perspective uh, in covering Absolutely. that area. Do you do some of that as well? Yeah. On the edges, like it, like when I was telling you that I love the edges of fields, that's exactly what I'll do. I'll, I'll a lot of times walk the perimeter and I'll turn around and walk it back the exact same way I just came. But I mean, it's just a totally different perspective and the light hits things differently. And there's a lot of times where we'll find them on the second trip where you walked right by them. Yeah. Are you, are you going into areas like multiple trips? So let's say you went out to that spot yesterday with your wife, you guys scooped up a couple, a couple of sheds. Um, if, if, you let's say we're confident that more bucks in the area had dropped. I'm sure you're going to go back to that area because it appears not a lot of the deer in that area have dropped yet. If you're pretty confident that they have dropped already, are you going to go search it again? Just thinking I probably missed something or are you just going to try to hit it once? No, we, we, especially our good farms, we're definitely going to hit multiple times a year. There's a, there's a farm that we picked up a decade or more ago I can't whitetail hunt. We can only shed hunt it, but it is, it's really, really good. It's uh, really prime ag ground right on the river, which, you know, deer here really use these river systems. And in fact, like one of the first times I ever shed hunted me and a best friend went into this spot and we had like an hour to go in before one of us had to be somewhere. And we found six sheds in an hour on this farm. Wow. And ever since then we, we hit it every year and it's always incredible. And a lot of times we'll shed hunt that farm three or four times in a season and find sheds every time we go. So yeah, definitely, definitely making more than one trip. No kidding. This place sounds fantastic. If you have the time to do it. It really is. I mean, especially for like, we're, we're not Iowa obviously, but for here it, it is, it just sets up perfect. There's 
a lot of diversity. There's a lot of ag and it's right on the river and it just, it produces every year. We've, uh, I covered this a little bit with TJ and I'm curious about your experience with this. I, I'm wondering what I can do to become a better shed hunter, right? Like I think I walk the right places. I, I think I, I think I'm, you know, I'm in the deer sign. I'm covering the bedding. I'm covering the food sources. And, uh, I just got to be honest with you, man. I suck at it. Like I'm just really bad. Like I just, I just don't, I just don't find them. I, I found one shed last year and I, I mentioned this on my other podcast. It was in the middle of a burn and the, the antler had been bleached white by the sun. And I mean, it was just like, yeah. that's the only way that I was able to, to find this shed. And I, and I would have stepped on it. Like I was walking right for it. I would have stepped on it had I not uh, stopped and picked it up. I'm just not that good at it. So what can I do to help myself become better at it, assuming that I'm putting myself in the right places? <clears throat> this might sound funny, and we still do this to this day, but one thing that we've always done over the years is, when, especially the first few shed hunting trips of the season, we'll take a shed with us, and as we're walking, we'll turn around backwards and throw it, and then find it, and then throw it, and then find it. And what it really, it helps you develop an eye form. Honestly, you, you get to where you can, you learn how to look for parts of an antler instead of an antler. Like mm. even me, I, I'll find myself guilty of I'm looking for a hundred inch shed every time I go, but that <laughs> that's not what you see. I sure. mean, most of the time it, it, you don't find them like that. You, you see the tip of a tine or, or part of a base or whatever. So if you take an antler with you, uh, and, and just throw it and find it as you're walking anyway, it, that'll really, really help you develop an eye for it. And then too, another thing I would say is make sure you're look, looking in the right places because there's a lot of properties here in our home town or County where I could go walk in. I'm not going to find antlers because there are no antlers mm. this time of year, bucks deer period are going to be where the food is. And, and, you know, a lot of times they'll go miles to find it. So <clears throat> what we do here is as we're out running around in, in the evenings and like I travel for work, I'm keeping an eye on where's there a cover crop field where I'm seeing 50 or 60 deer in the evenings or 20 deer in the evenings. Where, where is there an acre of beans where the farmer John wasn't able to get in there because it was too wet and they left them standing. And you know, these people a lot of times will let you go look for them because they don't want to run them over with their tractors. So very few times have I had somebody tell me no to shed hunting around the areas where we live. So we're looking for those best of the best food sources getting permission and going in and, and you're going to find antlers. Yeah. 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 Cause I, man, I'm just, again, I, I think about every shed that I found ju just about was, was almost, uh, almost pure accident, you know, or, or yeah. was within stepping distance. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I see it, uh, way off. And, and I think a lot of it is that I'm looking for a whole antler, you know, or I'm looking for the, sure. the typical shape. I'm not looking for the tip of a tine. I think that's really good advice to just kind of toss them and, and try to try to pick them up that way. Um, yep. you've got, you've got kids. I have kids as well. I do. This is a prime time of year to, uh, start thinking about getting the whole family outside. My kids are young. Your kids are a little older, but not, not real old. Right. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about getting kids outside this time of year and maybe helping them have a successful shed hunt. Yeah. Um, that, that's a, another great topic and great question. So, Neither one of my kids, I have a son and a daughter. My son is going to be 10 here in a couple of days. And my daughter is eight and neither one of them, you know, super young naturally took to hunting. And it was something I didn't want to push on them, obviously, sure. but shed hunting has been different. Uh, my, uh, and my daughter, especially 
last year there was, there were times where we would go and once the bucks have shed, you know, me and some friends are serious about it. And if we go on a Saturday, more than likely we're going to be out there for eight hours. I mean, we will go from farm to farm to farm. And so I started taking my daughter last year. She started asking to go. And of course I'm going to take her. And it was, uh, it was unbelievable to me that she would go. She, she probably has a little ADHD, like is real high energy. It's hard to keep her focused, but shed hunting is uh, perfect. Like it's exactly what she needs and she loves it and eats up every second of it. So for both of them, this time of year is really fun. Like, like I said, we, we got a home farm and they get to know these deer and they, they help name them and, for them to go out and actually see these antlers that they've seen on camera dozens or hundreds of times, is pretty neat and pretty special. So we always make a point to make sure the dress warm enough. Obviously that's the big things. Don't let them get cold. You know, my son used to make a habit of peeling his gloves off 10 minutes in and next thing you know, he's got numb fingers. And so <laughs> trying to keep them warm and, and happy. And, uh, when I do find them, obviously it's, it's letting them find them. And we have, we've absolutely had a blast over the years shed hunting together so i would definitely definitely get the kids out it, it is a lot a lot of fun for both of you yeah i, I can't wait we've, we've had our kids out a couple of times they haven't found a shed yet um and i'll never have to struggle with the whole make sure i let them find them because i'm probably not going to see it anyway uh right. I, I, I tend to be that guy you know you've i've been seeing it on instagram lately you know somebody took a picture of a shed and they posted on instagram that say tag a buddy who wouldn't find this shed you know and it's the shed laying there really obviously and I'll be honest with you, I stop and pause. Your name just pictures. keeps popping up for some reason. It does. It does. Right. Just, it keeps popping up. Well, and I look at the picture. I'm like, are you sure there's a shed in this picture? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even see it. Yeah. See it laying there. But anyway, yeah, really looking forward to getting my kids out. And I think keeping them warm, keeping them snack filled, uh, is probably yep. going to go a long way. Uh, Absolutely. What, what What do you have in store for uh, the shed season upcoming? You know, are you um, how 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 far away are from getting out? Are you right now? So this is, this is the beginning for me. Um, we will probably start hitting it really hard here in the next couple of weeks. I would say over the course of the next two weeks, a lot of our bucks are going to drop for sure. Uh, one of my best weeks historically ever is the first week of March. So here, here over the course of the next two weeks, it's going to really start cranking up and actually like through running shed season, I've noticed like the messages and photos coming in are really starting to pick up right now. So it only makes it harder to be patient, of course, seeing sure. everybody else find them, but it's going to heat up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be getting out for sure. And I, I absolutely cannot wait. Well, that's a great segue. Tell me a little bit about how folks can uh, begin to share their pictures with you or, or tag shed season in them and, and become part of the community. Absolutely. So we are on Facebook and Instagram, uh, have a website shedseason.com. So as you guys are getting out and shed hunting and having some success or just out taking the kids, having fun, take some pictures, uh, tag us with the hashtag shed season or just send it directly to our DMS. Uh, we love sharing that stuff and, and getting it out there for everybody to see. That's what it's all about. This is a community. So definitely follow along via Facebook and Instagram. And then if you guys want or, or need some shed hunting apparel, go to shedseason.com and we got all that stuff there too. It's pretty neat. Um, on on mondays we try to post a shed story every monday which has been kind of cool and been been kind of a hit so a lot of different folks in the industry as they're finding big giant antlers or something unique or goofy uh they're telling the story of it and we're trying to share those every monday so lots going on very cool well Dwayne, thanks for your time i appreciate you coming on we'll have to have you on again as uh things ramp up with uh with summer scouting and plans for next fall 
Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find more outdoor-themed podcasts at sportsmansnation.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you download your podcasts. 